obviously every service point us to a moment that I'm about to talk about, but I wanted to take just a moment right now to, I guess, reiterate it and revisit it. If it's your first time to ever be in an apostolic service, if it's your first time to ever hear someone talk about the infilling of the Spirit, baptism of the Holy Ghost, this is the best day of your life. You're in the right place at the right time. The Bible says, except a man is born of water and spirit, cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And so it's not my saying, it has nothing to do with being an apostolic, has nothing to do with being a Pentecostal. It's just what the Bible says. I want to encourage you today to ask God to forgive you all your sins. Ask God to come into your life. You'll know that he's taken up residence there, Brother David, because we begin to talk in an unknown tongue as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. It's not some class that we teach. It's not some gibberish. It's real. It's truly, truly real. The most unruly part of your body, God takes a hold of. And you know that he's taking up residence. You're not going to shake my hand. And I'm not going to tell you that you're saved. You're going to know that you're saved because of what the Scripture says. Amen. And it does truly happen. There are fakes. There are things out there that are not real. There are false things. For you know, you know how it is. For every Dr. Pepper, you have a Dr. Thunder, and uh, every Coca-Cola, you have uh, Sam's Cola or something like that. There's a false for everything. There's a counterfeit for everything. And so I understand that that's out there. YouTube is full of things like that. But you're at a church where the Holy Ghost does fall. And it does infeel somebody that is hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Amen. And so you can be filled with the Spirit of God today. And you'll know that. Nobody's going to come tell you that that happened. You'll know. You'll know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God has taken up residence in your life when he fills you with his Spirit. And then said we're pointing to something. The Bible says we must be born of water and Spirit. And so we have a warm baptistry there today. And I would love, I would love for you to be baptized in the only saving name, Jesus Christ. For there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. At the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. At the name of Jesus, every tongue is going to confess that he is Lord and Lord of all. Amen. Amen. So I'd love for you to be baptized in Jesus' name today to experience that death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and it be the first day of the rest of your life. I was excited last Sunday. There were three people baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And I want that to continue throughout, throughout this summer. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to get into the word of the Lord this morning you have your Bibles, we're going to read Job, read, I'll just tell you some of the scriptures we're going to go to, Job, Psalms, Acts, Romans, I'm not going to read all of those right now, but just some areas that we're going to go to. If you would go to Job 14, that's where we're going to start today, Job 14. Because I have a lot of reading, I may skip through some of these today but I do want to read a portion of them point us in the direction that we're going this morning. To all of our guests, one more time, I'm so thankful that you're in the house of the Lord. I know you've been welcomed. I know somebody's shaking your hand and told you that you're glad to see you here. Um, but as pastor here at Truth Church, I truly am glad that you're here. 
and I hope you will come again. I hope you'll come on Wednesday night and have a great time of the Lord at first Wednesday. Praise the Lord. Job 14. Job 14 and verse 14. It says, If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait. Listen to that. All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Till my change come. Praise the Lord. Romans 8 verse 11 says this. Romans 8. I hear pages turning. Romans 8 verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the the dead dwell in you, just talked about that, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit, listen to this, that dwelleth in you. Skipping down to verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Skipping down to verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. Verse 24, for we are saved by hope. Somebody say hope. We are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? Praise God. This morning, I want to preach from this thought, the hope of the resurrection, the hope of the resurrection. If you have your Bibles, if you'd lay them down, I don't want you to join hands with somebody close to you, somebody that's a friend or loved one or husband, wife, and I want you to lift those hands to the heavens right now all across this building, and I want you to ask that the hope of Jesus Christ would rest on you today. Come on, let's lift our voices to him right now. In the name of Jesus, right now, Lord, that I'm asking that your hope, the hope and life eternal would rest in this house right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, let someone that doesn't know you in the power of the Holy Ghost, those that are on the fringes, those that maybe really don't care, maybe just checking off a box this morning, let your hope 
rest upon them right now in the name of Jesus. There is hope in the resurrection. There is hope, oh Lord, in your resurrection. And I hope today and I pray today and I lift my voice to you today asking you right now for us, Lord, one more time to get a glimpse of what you did on Calvary. One more time, oh Lord, get a glimpse of what you did when you rose from the dead on the third day. Lord, you gave us a hope, a hope beyond this life. You gave us a hope beyond this very moment that we're in moment of our demise we honor you Lord and we thank you in all praise and all glory and honor be unto your name in Jesus name would you one more time clap your hands and give him praise right now you may be seated before I begin today, I just want to make mention of how special this day is. Today is a very special day for the For Truth Church of Denison. In the year 1999, all of these young people that are to my right, your left here, they were not even a thought or a glimpse on the radar. But in 1999, on this very day, June the 4th, was our very first service on this campus. Praise God. Praise God. So it is a very special day, and I give honor to Bishop and Sister Gilbert for their sacrifice and their time, and everyone else that was here and a part of that. Amen. Beginning of what is going on here still today. Praise God. The hope of the resurrection. The hope of the resurrection. I want to begin with a question. And it seems as though that we are in the spirit on the Lord's day because everybody that spoke in our dream team huddle and in the prayer room and uh, many other locations and people just speaking, uh, we're dancing all around what we're talking about, uh, we're going to hear today. But I want to begin with this question. Can you imagine the devil? Let me preface this because I don't want to seem morbid and I don't want to see seem dark today but it's not my intentions by any means but I want to begin with this question can you imagine the day of your death can you imagine the day of your death you inhale your last gasping breath time will stop time will cease for you you will add nothing more to your life's story as far as life on earth is concerned. It will all be ended. I understand that that seems very dark, but just stay with me if you would for a moment. Your spirit, your spirit and my spirit will depart from our bodies and return to our creator. Your body will be buried beneath, six feet beneath the sod. Within a few decades, at best, we will be forgotten among mankind. Maybe on birthdays, maybe on anniversaries, or or maybe going into a home that you built or you were a part of or you were the genesis of, you'll be remembered. But in large part, you will be soon forgotten. What then is that truly 
the end of one's existence? The answer, profound answer, is no. It is only the beginning. For the soul of man lives. For the soul of man still lives. Confined in textbooks where scientists teach that every, even matter, does not cease to exist. It just changes into another form. In the world of nature, the caterpillar enters into the cocoon and later emerges as a beautiful butterfly. The Bible says in John 12 and verse 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Death. Somebody say death. Death is, or then, is the getaway into another form of life. Our bodies go through a metamorphosis, if you will. We are changed from a physical life to a spiritual life. We laid to rest with a body that will soon turn to dust. I hesitate in saying that because today they put formaldehyde and put things inside of you and only because of an experience that I had with my grandfather, my mom's dad, I know that it doesn't happen very fast because I was a senior in high school when my grandfather passed away and then uh, Years, years later, after I was married, his body was resumed and brought to Texas and buried again. And he looked the exact same way. So it doesn't happen very fast. But when Jesus comes back, our bodies will turn back to dust. Everybody's like, what did you just say? Did I just hear you right? You heard me right. It really did happen exactly like I just said. They resumed him. They brought him here. And now he's buried in our cemetery here in Denison, Texas. But I digress. We will then awake at a future time. In another body that will never die. Amen. Destined to live in either. I want you to hear this. People don't preach about it enough. People don't say it enough. But destined to live in either heaven or hell. Look at your neighbor and say, heaven is real. Look at your neighbor and say, Hell is too. Children of God look forward to eternity because of the resurrection of the dead. We have hope beyond this life. If I could insert something here just for a moment, as I did at the beginning before I even read a text, let me tell you something. Before you leave this place, you too can be an individual that has hope beyond this life. The Word of God, it instructs us that 
Jesus rose from the dead. It gives you and me the opportunity, if we're born again of water and of spirit, to have hope beyond this life. So I encourage you today to make sure that you get everything in order, how the Word of God instructs us to get in order. Listen to what I'm going to preach today so you too can have hope beyond this life. I understand you're a good person. I understand you give to the needy. I understand you make meals for the, for the homeless. I understand that you have dotted all your I's and crossed all your T's and you've done good in college and high school and you got a great career and you pay your bills and your taxes and you do everything, but la-ti-da, that's not going to get you in heaven. Somebody say amen. amen. But we have hope. We have hope beyond this life. And we are born again of the water and the spirit. Hope of the resurrection. I take you back to Job 14 and 14. I'll read it for you again. It'll come on the screen. If a man die, shall he live again? It's a question. Shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Ladies and gentlemen, there's coming a time where your change is going to come. And my hope and my prayer is that when your change comes, when your change is made, when a change happens, I hope and pray that your trajectory is to heaven and not to hell. Somebody say amen. amen. Throughout the word of God, various people look toward death and express their desire to know about the hereafter. With all the pain, with all the disillusionment of this high wages of sin world, mankind has searched for a better place. Mankind has searched for a better place than this sin-cursed, nasty, gross world. The rich man, the rich man described in the book of Ecclesiastes, obtained all his eye desired. He experienced every single joy in life. Every joy in life he was afforded. Yet, he was disappointed with life because he still felt empty. He still felt empty. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want anybody under the sound of my voice that when it all ends, when it's all over, when you take your last breath, when you find yourself at the end of your rope, when it's all over, I do not want you to feel empty. I don't want you to feel like this is all I live for. I want you to have a hope beyond this life. I want to have a hope beyond this life. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 19, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Wow. I live for him every day now here, and that's all it's going to be. When I know there is a life beyond this life. We are not living for the green that we get at the end of two weeks or one week or at the end of the month, whatever it is. We're not living for that. We're living for a life beyond this life. 
And it should be our heartbeat every single day that I am looking, I am reaching, I am wanting not for the here and now, but I am reaching and I am wanting for the life eternal. I am wanting and desiring something more than right now. Yes, I like water just like you like water. I like steak just like you like steak. I like to live for the here and now. It's fun. It's, we like to have some time and, and great things, but I'm not living for today. I'm living for another day. Not here on this earth, but for another day in heaven. I want to be ready. I want to make sure that I'm looking toward my maker. I want to make sure that my eye is not on this world that is passing away. I want to make sure that I am not wanting and desiring for this sin-cursed world. But I am wanting and desiring and making preparation for the heavens. I'm making preparation to be with Jesus for all eternity. Surely there is more to life than this present painful existence 41 years young and I was driving yesterday evening and I got to a destination I was trying to get to about two almost two hours away from home and I had been driving for two measly little hours I used to drive so much further when I went to college and in uh, I almost said gateway in the gateway city of St. Louis and and no no big deal man I could drive all the way and Make just a pit stop to run in and go to the restroom, come back out and get here as fast as I possibly could, and there was no pain. But Brother Cooper, I got out of that car <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie. I can't. I was mad. I was sincerely bitter. Brother Jonathan, I'm telling you, I'm not exaggerating. I opened the door. And I contemplated, I'm just going to send in a Maris and I'm not going to get out. But I swung my little leg out. And I stepped off. And as soon as I did, why? I felt this pain in both hips. And all I'd been doing is sitting down. And I began to walk and it was like it didn't get better, it got worse. I was like, man, I'm going to go get under my seat and find some WD-40 and drink it or something. <laughs> but sincerely, it, I, was, I was in just pain. But surely there is more to life than this present painful existence. There's no more cancer over there. There's no more pain over there. There's no more grossness over there. There's no more shootings over there. There's no more, I, there's no more fear over there. We have hope beyond this life. We really do. And if you don't have hope beyond this life, I pray before you leave this house today that you would gain a hope by the infilling of his spirit that you know no matter what brings tomorrow, no matter what happens tomorrow, I got hope beyond this present painful, gross existence. The patriarch Abraham spent his lifetime traveling as he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder, the Bible says, 
and maker is God. He had this deep-seated, I want you to say it with me, hope. He had a deep-seated hope and desire to find the land of peace and joy. And this is what boggles my mind about this patriarch. He did not have what you and I have. He did not have a Bible to tell him of heaven and its eternal city. All he had was a promise from God. And he was persuaded that it was true. (laughs) It was deep in his heart. He had embraced a hope that would never fade. He considered himself just a stranger. Just a stranger and a pilgrim on this earth. Can I just stop for a moment? Did you hear what I said about him? He didn't have, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to get it in your hand. And just look at it. Would you look at that? Just look at it. Some of y'all got that, some of you didn't, but anyway. Look at this. He didn't have this. He didn't have the Bible. This isn't even in my notes, but I'm just going to go here for a moment. He didn't have the book to describe to him and tell him and direct him and give him that hope of a better place. All he had was a promise. Hey, there's a city. There's something better than this right here right now. And he was heaven bent. Ain't nobody stopping my pursuit. There ain't nobody telling me no. There isn't nobody telling me that it doesn't exist. It is. It's going to happen. I'm going to find it. I'm going to get there. Ladies and gentlemen, we ain't like that. Show me. Chapter verse. I want to see it right here. Right. Show me where it's at right now. If the word of God speaks to you, does, is God still alive? Let me just stop here for a moment. Still alive? Is God still alive? Is, is he still alive and well? Do you believe that he's coming again someday? He's coming again someday. He still speaks just like he spoke to Abraham. He can speak to you. And you have the privilege of going to the book and letting him speak to you through the book. And if it's that evident, if it's that true, and you can see it in black and white and red, or you're just praying and he speaks to you, why don't we hang our hat on it like Abraham hung his hat on it? He says he's never, praise God, he says he's never going to leave you begging for bread. But you're at your wit's end and you want to throw in the towel. All hell breaks loose in your life and you want to throw in the towel. I want to throw in the towel. No, ladies and gentlemen, he said he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's never going to leave you begging for bread. Abraham could do it without a book. Why can't we do it without a book? Why can't we just say, Lord, you spoke to me in prayer. You spoke to me. You spoke to me from the man of God. You spoke to me and I hear it and I believe it and I'm going forward with it. Amen. You may be seated. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. All he had was a promise 
from God. And he was persuaded that it was true. In his heart, he embraced a hope that would never fade. Praise God. Abraham said, a better country that is and heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he hath prepared for them a city. He had a strong belief in God's promise. And it carried him through this world into another. I have a feeling that it was probably difficult. Just from what I experience. From just from what I have seen some of you experience. There was no biblical precedent, if you will, for him. But I can see in some cases in this room right here that some of us, maybe we, it just has to be that you have not read the good old book. Because if you have read the good old book, then you understand that He's got you. You understand that he's not forsaken you. You understand that he is going to pull you through the hurt and the pain and the issue of life. But let me tell you something. If he's going to do it, we better believe it. If he's going to do it, we better trust in him. If he's going to do it, we better let him know that I believe it. He didn't have that biblical precedent. But you and I do. God spoke to Abraham. And it was enough. It was enough to get him through. It was enough to carry him to eternity. Truth Church, I want it to be enough. I want it to be enough for us that God is who he says he is. I believe who he is. I have hope in the resurrection. I have hope in Life beyond the here and the now. In Psalms 49, the psalmist talked about how man plans as though he will live forever on earth. Yet he recognizes the temporal and the transitory nature of life on earth. The psalmist witnessed the death of those whose focus was on the temporal. Hear me today. He remembered that all human beings are going to dissolve into dust. That our bodies are not eternal in their present state. But he went on to proclaim with certainty his hope. Somebody say his hope. His hope that went beyond the grave and was securely anchored in God alone. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave. For he shall receive me. Selah. He's telling us, or he is expressing that, hey, when I go six feet under, when I'm buried, it's not over for me. He's letting you and me understand by just reading that scripture that my soul 
Somebody's coming for my soul. I'm going to be somewhere for a time. I'm going to be resting for a little while. But there's hope beyond the grave. There's hope beyond this life right now that is ending. So I ask you again, have you ever imagined or have you ever thought about when life is going to be over? Have you thought about, is this it for me? Let me tell you something. If you're living for Jesus Christ, if you're focused on Jesus Christ, if you understand that this life is not where I'm going to stay and it's not where I'm going to end, but I got a destiny, I got a place, I got an appointment with Jesus Christ for all eternity, you'll do whatever it takes to make sure that life is isn't over for you. I want to express to you, I understand. My statement is life isn't over for you. I'm not talking about the breathing. I'm not talking about all of that, but I'm talking about life will be over for you if your focus is not on the eternal. Brother Jonathan, as we spoke about here just a little bit ago during our Dream Team huddle, my feelings aren't going to be over. My senses are going to be king. So I better be focused on eternity right now. I better understand that it's not about just what I can get and take right now and this is all that matters to me. But I better be focused on eternity. And the reason I better be focused on eternity because Jesus is coming back someday soon. Sooner rather than later. And ladies and gentlemen, if our focus and our hope is only in this life right now that which we live in, if we're only worried about what we get and what we can take and what we can consume right now, there is coming a day that we're not going to like the hereafter. And ladies and gentlemen, I want us to enjoy the hereafter. I want us to be a recipient of what God wants to do for all eternity. Not what the adversary wants to do. Oh, somebody say amen. As we survey the effects of sin, destruction, and death, there is something within mankind that cries out for something. Somewhere that is better. Inside of man's soul is that innate, inborn, hereditary knowledge that we are destined for a better place than this. There is a God-given, somebody say hope, hope that tomorrow we can be different from what we are today. And what I can tell you right now is we better grab a hold of that hope. I can be different. It is going to be different. I don't have to live for the here and now, but I got to live for a future. I got to live for a city. I got to focus on a city whose builder and maker is God. And he's prepared a place for me. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. There is power. There's hope of the resurrection. Resurrection 
of Jesus was prophesied. From the beginning of mankind's existence, there was no record, or recorded rather, incident of anyone who died and returned to life again in a different form. There had been a few recorded experiences of some who had died. And due to the miraculous, the supernatural miracle from God, they had raised from dead and were restored to their former life. We can find in 1 Kings 17 the widow's son. And then we can find again the Shunammite son in 2 Kings 4. As we heard about in our prayer room just a moment ago, Lazarus, after several days, yet all of these eventually died again. There is only one, ladies and gentlemen, only one <laughs> that we get a glimpse of who was raised from death unto life eternal. There was only one that's like nobody else. There's only one that nobody even holds a candle to in this world. And that is Jesus Christ, our maker. The scripture promised that God would wrap himself in human flesh and visit his creation. God became incarnate in Jesus Christ. He fulfilled the cries of prophetic promise for a Messiah throughout the Old Testament. But not only, not all recognize Christ as the gift from God that he was. We find that to be true in John chapter 1. I don't have time to read it, but I just want you to hear me for a moment. The monotheistic Jewish nation into which Jesus was born could not accept the concept of Jesus being God manifest in the flesh. They were very correct in their theology of only one God, but they were wrong to assume that the one true God could not take on the form of humanity. Their confusion of theology eventually calls them to put Jesus to death. Find John 10 and 33. They did not recognize that the scripture prophesied that he would return after death in a resurrected body. Listen to Psalm 16 in verse 9. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. Somebody say hope. For though wilt not leave or thou wilt not leave my soul in hell neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption Jesus answered John chapter 2 and verse 19 and said unto them destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up church what is he doing here? What is he trying to explain to us today? He's letting us know that, hey, I will raise up. I will arise again. He's letting you and me know that there's hope in the resurrection. There's hope of the resurrection. You do not have to be dead. You do not have to die. You do not have to live in eternity in hell. But you can have a hope beyond this world who was Jesus Christ 
He was the first to be resurrected from the dead in a glorified body. He paved the way. Hear me just for a moment. He paved the way that we also could experience a bodily resurrection from death. And this is the premise of what I'm talking about today. Church, guests that's in the house, this gives us hope. Somebody say hope. This gives us hope that someday we can rise in total newness of life after we have laid our fleshly body down. Life immortal, eternal. Friend, ma'am, sir, there is hope beyond the grave. There is hope beyond the life in which we live. And my hope today and my prayer today is that we would understand that hope of the resurrection is that you and I, if we make up in our minds, if we do what the word of God instructs us to do, to be born again of water and spirit, that we too can have hope beyond this life. Is Jesus alive today? Is Jesus alive today? What proof do we have? The Bible records the fact of his resurrection. His disciples and others saw him and gave eyewitness account to his bodily resurrection. 1 John 1 and verse 1, I'll just name a few of them. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. Yes, he's alive. Yes, he is coming again. Yes, his eye is on the sparrow and he's watching you and he's watching me every single moment of every single day. And I don't know about you, but I too want to be watching for him. I too want to be focused on him. I too want to be living for him. Paul the apostle also reported seeing Jesus perhaps in his Damascus Road experience. Last of all, he was seen of me also. 1 Corinthians 15 and 8. As of one born out of due time. The hope, somebody say the hope. The hope of the resurrection. Since that encounter, since that day until now, many Others. I didn't name them all, but many others have reported seeing visions of Jesus Christ. But most of all, we know he lives because he lives in our heart. I want to express to someone today that you don't have Jesus living in your heart. Today you can have Jesus living in your heart. How do I know he lives? I know he lives because...
because he speaks to me. I know he lives because he answers me when I ask him a question. I know he lives because I feel him just as I did this morning as I was standing here right in front of these drums as our dream team was together and Sister Olivia was giving a count. I'm sorry, Sister Ivy was giving a count about Jesus and about what he can do about how he has looked at us, spoke to us, ministered to us. I felt chills come up and down my body. Brother Jonathan looked at me and he said, I feel the Holy Ghost. And I told him, I said, I feel chills up and down my body. Was it cold in here? No, it was the power of Jesus Christ who lives inside of me, who every single day I am looking for, I am wanting, I am desiring for that great and wonderful day when he comes and receives you and me. I can feel him near. Do you feel him near right now? I don't want you to say yes if you don't, but do you feel him near right now? I feel the presence of God in this room right now. I truly do. I have a hope of the resurrection. I know he lives because he lives inside of me. I know the very first time that I ever received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, six years old, in Lufkin, Texas, in a crusader camp, and I was praying. I was seeking the face of God, and I began to talk in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave me utterance something new that I'd never felt before I had heard about it I had heard about it in Sunday school I had watched what God had done and I was still a little skeptical as a kid not understanding what that word was at the time but I just wondered I can tell you when it happened to me when he filled me with his spirit for the very first time I felt Jesus take up residence in my little six year old body and right then I understood I got a hope I may have not understood it completely but I had a little bit of an understanding that I got a hope of the resurrection if I continue to live for him if I continue to be sold out to him if I continue to make him my Lord and my Savior on a daily basis then I'll have a hope beyond this life oh somebody lift your voice to him right now come on would you honor him just for a moment I'm hurrying I'm almost finished today but I want you to honor him right now would you lift your hands every person in the building every person in the building would you lift your hands we have a hope of the resurrection we have a hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ Hallelujah, hallelujah, rest on us right now. Rest in this house right now. If there is anybody that is hungry and thirsty for righteousness, Lord, let them be filled today. Let their heart be sensitive. Let their soul be sensitive. Let that something inside of them that is aching and wanting to have relationship with you be fulfilled today. Oh, hallelujah. Because Jesus Christ was resurrected bodily and is alive today. Do you believe that he's alive today? We, as believers, have hope that someday we too shall be raised to life immortal. His people shall live in a new glorified body. I digress, but I go back to that Exxon on Interstate 30. 
I'm going to live in a new glorified body without hip pain. <laughs> I'm trying my best. Sister Tabitha's not here today, but Sister Tabitha, I'm doing good. I'm on 12 pounds, man. I'm feeling great. I'm trying my best. I'm eating right. But man, my body hurts. But I'm not going to have to worry about that in my new glorified body. Amen? You're not going to have to worry about it in your new glorified body. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order. Christ, the first fruits. Afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. What is that saying? I want to be Christ at his coming. I want to be his. I want to be making sure. You've heard it said before. I know it's church lingo, but calling an election sure. I want to make sure that I'm ready to go. I want to make sure that I have served him, that I've loved him, that I've lived for him, that I've done everything that his word requires of me to do on a daily basis. I don't want anything, any son to go down on my wrath. You know, it's the most damnable doctrine once saved, always saved. It's not biblical. You're not going to find it anywhere. Explain to me why we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. We don't need that. You just chunk, chunk that scripture out of the Bible if we're once saved, always saved. But ladies and gentlemen, we understand that we're not. And so we must on a daily basis. Why, why would he tell us don't let the sun go down on your wrath if we're once saved, always saved. We must make sure on a daily basis that we are purified and we're holy and we're acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Church, I want to be resurrected with Jesus Christ. I want to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that heaven is going to be my home. The word of God reveals to us that we can follow Christ beyond death into a world that is to come. To do so, however, we must be filled with the same spirit that indwelled Jesus Christ. And that is the Holy Spirit. I got to have him living inside of me. Musicians, if you'd please come. You and I, if we want to have hope if we want to have a hope beyond this life, I must be filled with the Spirit of God. If you have your Bibles and if the, if the media team will help me, Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. It says this, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. By his spirit that dwelleth in you. Church, friend, guest, it's in the house. I want that spirit to dwell in me. I've got to have the spirit of God dwelling in me if my body is going to be quickened. If I'm going to put off this flesh and I'm going to spend eternity with my Savior. Of what spirit do the scriptures speak? 
It is nothing less than the very spirit of God. God who is a spirit, John 4 and 24, enveloped himself with flesh in the womb of a virgin Mary and was born of a woman and was directed by an angel and was raised by Mary and Joseph. They called him Jesus. That spirit has got to indwell me if I'm going to have hope of a resurrection. Would you stand to your feet all across the building today? Praise God. I'm closing with this. During Jesus' ministry, he promised that after he died, the Spirit of God that dwelleth in him would return to dwell in the hearts of all believers. Jesus both promised to return through the Holy Spirit to dwell within his disciples and commanded them not to leave Jerusalem until they had received his promise. Go, tarry, wait, stay there until you be endued with power from upon high. And there appeared to them clothed tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. Sir, ma'am, I want the Spirit of God to rest in everybody that's in this place. I stated it at the beginning of, our, of my message here. It's not something that we teach a class in. It's not something you can learn. It's something that only happens directly from heaven. You know beyond the shadow of a doubt that Jesus has taken up residence, not because you're on the roll of a church, but because you have been forgiven, because he filled you with his spirit, and you know that he's filled you with his spirit, just like he did, people, on the day of Pentecost. And the Bible says, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The hope of the resurrection. I will have to end with this. And I know it seems like I am defending, but I'm not. It's not, it's not my intention my intention is just to hopefully inform. It has nothing to do the spirit that fell upon each of them. They began to speak in other tongues. The spirit of God gave them the utterance. It has nothing to do with a united Pentecostal church. It has nothing to do with a Pentecostal church or an apostolic church. Nothing. Zero. Zilch. It has to do with the word that we read here today. The Holy Spirit came upon the believers on the day of Pentecost and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And it began the age of believers being filled with the Spirit. 
And since that day, the spirit is still falling. The spirit is still alive and well. The spirit, just like it did on the day of Pentecost, wants to indwell your body and my body. And it can. And it will. If you'll simply obey the word of the Lord. The Bible says to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The Spirit of God is wanting to dwell in you and it's wanting to dwell in me. He's still calling today, ma'am. He's still calling today, sir. Jesus Christ is still alive and he's still well and he wants to manifest himself in your life. The Holy Spirit is his spirit that has returned to live in you. And it's wanting. It's desiring. I don't know if you've ever seen it before, but I've seen on YouTube a time or two the eagerness in a greyhound dog race. The gate is closed and the dogs are there and the I think it's meat or a red flag or something that's on the little thing that goes around the track and those dogs are barking and ready and they're setting on point, ready to go. Jesus Christ is setting on point to fill you with his spirit today. He's got more eagerness than a greyhound dog to come and to indwell your life so you too can have hope of a resurrection. He wants you to spend all eternity with him and not eternity in hell. And I would be amiss if I did not say it. We are all going to spend eternity somewhere. We all are. Everybody under the sound of my voice, those standing next to you, the Bible says that there's going to be some that are in church. There's going to be some that said they loved him. Hey, I cast out devils in your name. I prayed. I lifted my hands. He's going to look at him and say, depart from me. I'm not adding to or taking away from the Bible, but this is literally what it's saying. He's going to say, depart from me. My spirit ain't living in you. I'm using Texas vernacular, but I, I don't, do I know you? My spirit hasn't taken up residence in you. My spirit has departed from you. And he's going to say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. I don't know about you, but I want to be full of the Spirit. Understand me today, church, and every guest that's in the house. I don't preach to you and not preach to myself. I truly want to be filled with the Spirit of God to overflowing. 
I truly want to know beyond the shadow of a doubt. Not, I, don't want my, I don't want my preacher or my pastor to, to be the one that holds me and says, yes, I know you're saved. I want to know because he filled me with his spirit and I began to speak in other tongues as the spirit of God gave me the utterance, how the Bible told me. And I know that I live an overcoming life on a daily basis. I serve him. And I know that I know that I have hope of the resurrection when he comes back for a church, for a bride that has made himself ready. I want you to close your eyes all across this building. I'm going to make this altar call a little different today than I have before. But if you don't have the Holy Ghost, if you've never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I don't want you to be shy and I don't want you to be bashful. I don't want you to think anybody's looking at you because I've asked everybody to close their eyes. I know it's an honor system, but would you make your way to this altar? And would you lift your hands to Jesus Christ? And would you obey his word where it says for us to repent? I'm going to do it myself afresh because I don't want to ever feel like I've arrived. I don't want to ever feel like I've made it always want to be eager to have a fresh touch of the Spirit of God living inside of me. I don't want the sun to ever go down on my wrath. Last night as I sat in my office, tears came to my eyes and I began to think about people, people that have come and gone. And for whatever reason, they've thrown in the towel. For whatever reason, they've stopped believing. For whatever reason, life and issues and stuff. They've said, I don't care anymore. My hope is today that you that are in this place would have a hope of the resurrection. Every saint of God, every guest, any sinners that are in the house, if you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you're a sinner, it's okay. We're all sinners that shape it in iniquity. That's where our mom conceived us. But Jesus has come to give us life and life more abundantly. Jesus has come to give us a hope of the resurrection when he comes again for his bride. Come on, lift your hands all across this building. Would you make your way to this altar, everybody in the building? Would you come today? Maybe you're on the fringes. Maybe you're undecided. Please don't leave so fast. Please don't check out. I want you to come to this altar on this fourth day of June. I want you to make up in your mind today before I leave, I'm going to be sure that Jesus has my name written down. I'm going to be sure that I'm on the trajectory to live for Him and live with Him for all eternity. Come on, would you lift your voices? Come on, all across this front. Would you lift your voices? Would somebody cry out to God? Come on, have you imagined your death? Have you imagined that moment, that time where you breathe your last breath as I stated at the beginning of this message? Those of you that are joining us online, has it been has it been very long ago that you've imagined that time? Is life going to be over for you or are you going to have a direction? Are you going to have a trajectory? Are you going to have a hope beyond this life? Come on, would you lift your voices to him? Come on, if you're in this place and you've never been baptized in the only saving name, Jesus Christ, it's not if you want to. you got to be because the Bible says we must be born.
born of water and of spirit. Brother Jordan is to my left, your right, and he will baptize you in the only saving name, Jesus Christ today. Come on, let's lift our voices and pray. As these musicians begin to play and these singers begin to sing, God, create in me a clean heart. God, renew in me a right spirit. God, change me, transform me. I want the Holy Ghost today. I want your spirit to take up residence in me today. I want to be transformed. I want to be renewed. I want to be filled with your spirit. In the name of Jesus.